Lord, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We are in Galatians, going through Galatians. We're going to be in chapter 4, verse 21. We're going chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through Galatians. And we are going to make it today to the end of the chapter. If you need a, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Okay, Galatians. Grace, 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 grace. That's what this book is about and how we need to know about it because we live in a grace-less world. But God gives us grace exceedingly abundantly. It says in verse 21, tell me, you who desire to be under the law as opposed to being under grace or in grace, tell me, verse 21, you... Are any of you guys in here this morning who do this? You who desire to be under the law. You don't want to be under the law, Calvary Chapel. You want to be under grace. I I, I promise you. More on that later. One more time. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. And he of the free woman through promise. Which things are symbolic, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who, do not, who are not in labor for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Some of you may be thinking, what did he just read about? That's confusing. I'm going to make it so easy, but I'm going to pray that I can do it. Lord, help me do that. Help me, help me take what uh, are unfamiliar stories and words and sentences and make them very familiar. Make them understand, but even more than that, Lord, that they would be embraced and change us, that it would change me, Lord. I came here today to be changed, Lord. Change me, change us by your word and through your spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. So here we are, Paul's letter to Galatians. We are over halfway And I will tell you that you cannot understand this book, this letter, unless you understand what kind of people the Galatians are, or what kind of people they were, actually. What kind of people were these people that are being written to here? What kind of people were they? I want to talk about that for a while until we get to our verses here. So the, 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 the Galatians were a people, they lived in the northern part of what we call Turkey today, and just a few years before this letter, maybe less, uh, 
the entire region, actually no one in the region had ever heard of Jesus Christ. It's not like today, you can practically go anywhere, people, they've heard about a Jesus Christ. Literally, this, up until a couple years before this letter, people didn't know anything about Jesus. They'd never heard the name or the two words put together. Not only that, almost no one in that area, it's a large area in sort of north central Turkey, even knew anything about the Bible. They didn't even know there was a Bible. They had never heard of the Bible. They, it, it, 98% or more, it was simply, they were just following whatever religion was, they had made up in their own mind or someone else had made up in their own mind. Now, on Tuesday nights, I teach through the Old Testament, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and recently, we studied about a people who knew little or nothing about the Bible on Tuesday night. And we went into great detail because in Second Chronicles 33, it goes into great detail about these people who knew nothing about the Bible, virtually nothing. The Bible had been lost to them. And it describes their behavior. In Second Chronicles 33, where we were in just a couple of weeks ago, um, a person by the name of Manasseh became king. And he was a king for 55 years. And almost um, immediately, this man Manasseh leads the country out of the worship of the Lord, and he starts worshiping other gods, and the Bible is cast aside as having any authority over anyone's life, and actually more than that, it was lost. But no one knew it was lost because no one cared about the Bible anymore. And, and this is going on for 55 years. The uh, people forgot about the Bible, even priests forgot about the Bible and didn't really even know what it said anymore. And 2 Chronicles 33 actually describes what happens to this people. Now I'm talking about them because they're going to be real similar to the Galatians who lived something like uh, 600 years later, but, 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 but no, less than that, like, yeah, five, 600 years later. But um, they're very similar in that they were a people who didn't know anything about the Bible. The Bible had been lost. It was literally lost. But no one even knew because they weren't looking for it. At a later chapter in 2 Chronicles, someone actually finds the Bible. Whoa, what's this? It's a Bible. I mean, it's actually at the end of 2 Chronicles. But, so it had been lost. In 2 Chronicles 33, it starts to describe these people. Um, it says that the king, King Manasseh, led the country. It says um, that um, he and they built altars for all the hosts of heaven, meaning God of the stars, God of the moon, God of the, right inside the house of the Lord. They built pagan altars. It says that he and they caused their sons to pass through the fire, meaning they sacrificed their sons, particularly their firstborn, in the fire, killed them to these other gods. They practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery, which by the way, almost certainly would have included drugs, consulted mediums, meaning they consulted the dead, they talked to the dead, and spiritists. It says um, in the parallel passage in 2 Kings, they filled Jerusalem from one end to the other with innocent blood. And so here are these people who, they had lost the Bible. And then it says in verse 9 of 2 Chronicles 33, Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. Meaning, prior to the time the Israelites were there, there had been people doing things that were exceedingly wicked and evil. And so, on Tuesday nights, 
when we read this verse, verse 9 of chapter 33, where it talks about the people doing the same things, no worse than the nations that had been pushed out before them, we actually went over what exactly these people were doing. What were those people doing that was so evil? These people that lived prior to the time the Israelites ever got there um, and that the Lord is now saying, you're, you're actually worse than them. It's listed in graphic, gruesome detail in Leviticus 13. So I went to Leviticus 13 and I, I read through in, it's so painful to read. I, I read through Leviticus 13, very uncomfortable hearing, worse, more uncomfortable reading. The practices, the things that they were doing are just so bad and wicked and awful. And I, I, I you know, I'm thinking, well, okay, we're talking about the Galatians. They're, the Galatians are just like these people in, in 2 Chronicles 33. And, and, and so we, we talked about it on Tuesday night. Should I talk about it now on Sunday morning? But I just, I, I did not have a piece to read these things. And just, and, and most of, it's just different kinds of sexual immorality. In Leviticus 13, you're thinking, well, why does the Bible talk about this? I, this is just so great. Why is such a thing even in the Bible? And the answer is because that's what people do when they don't have the Bible. And that's what the people did who lived in this area of the world prior to the Israelites getting there. Here's the deal. Please listen to me. It is beyond my capacity to describe what happens to a human soul when the soul gets caught up in that kind of level of sin. It, 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 it's almost impossible for me to describe what happens to the soul. We're talking about sex with animals. We're talking about all this. All in the Le Le Leviticus chapter 13. And the damage that happens when that happens to a human soul. Listen, all of which today is available right on the internet. Right, right onto your phone. Most of, the, most of what's described in Leviticus 13. It, it's beyond my capacity to, to describe just what happens to a soul. And this is what happened to the people in the Galatian region. They didn't have the Bible. They were doing the same kind of stuff. And, 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 and so what happens, listen, what happens is that the soul is over time destroyed. And it begins to look for any way out. The soul becomes desperate for any way out. It becomes starving for something other than the, the darkness that it is living in. It, it, it's, like, it's like that man in the parable Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus where in Luke 16 um, where the rich man is in hell and the rich man is just pleading out, give me just one, one little drop of water on my tongue, please. And that's what the human soul gets like when it is, it's become ruined by sin, by pornography on the internet or in person, in Vegas or wherever. Because it, it becomes ruined and, and then the, the, the human soul realizes, I have trashed myself forever. This is what the Galatian people were like. They didn't have a Bible. This is what happens to people in the Bible. In the Bible, rather, when we see, we actually read about the accounts when 
people don't have a Bible. Their souls were stripped to nothing in Calvary Chapel, particularly you teenagers that are in here. You better be careful or your soul, you'll strip it to nothing by what's out there offered to you. But that's how the Galatian people were. But, and sometimes every once in a while you hear our sermon on all the times the word but is used in the Bible, and it's always a glorious thing. There was a Jewish synagogue, like way less than 1% of the people in Galatia, where Jews would come. Again, Jesus Christ never discussed, but where Jews would come and they had a reading of the Old Testament. So that's 80% of the Bible. They had a reading every Sabbath, every Saturday of the Old Testament. And so what happened is that G- these Gentiles with their souls that had, were just dying for one drop of grace. Give me one drop. Think of a, 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 you know, an eyedrop holder and, and there's a, inside there's drops of grace. They're just looking for one drop. Give me one drop of grace. And they, they were drawn to this Jewish synagogue where they would have a reading from the Bible. They'd have a reading from the Bible, the Old Testament, never any mention of Jesus Christ every Saturday. But what happened, um, they started to gather around and they were called God-fearing Gentiles. They were not Jews. They were not allowed to be with the other Jews. They were sort of onlookers. It would almost be like people would be standing in the back because they're not allowed in this portion of the room, this portion of the room being a Jewish synagogue. They were allowed to just listen. They did not become Jews except in extremely rare circumstances. They did not become Jews. Why? Because there were 613 of these laws and it was just too much. It was too much for them. 613 laws including requirements to be circumcised, requirements to travel to Jerusalem three times a year, all kinds of um, um, scripture about what you could not eat, what you could not drink. And so while they were attracted to the synagogue in this area called Galatia because something seemed real there but they couldn't really tell what it was, they still held back. They held back, they didn't become Jews and and, and there was at least a couple reasons why they held back and and one is that 613 laws, listen, because after what I've done, you would need 10,000 laws to follow to make up for the trash that my soul now is that I've made of it. I'm not going to even try. 613 laws? I'll never be able to do that. But they kept coming. They kept coming. There's another reason they held back. Again, they they would sit like in the back of the room and be, be looking, they were intrigued by these laws that you do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. They were intrigued by it because, it, it, but, but, but they held back. So one, one reason they held back was because what's the point of even tr- trying after what I've done? But there was another reason, and in Hebrews chapter 10, um, um, verse one, it says the law is only a shadow of the good things to come. So they were just seeing shadows. When you read the Old Testament, all you're reading about is shadows, really. In the New Testament, Apostle Paul says, light and immortality were brought about by the New Testament. Doesn't mean we don't read the Old Testament, but, you know, it's like they could tell there was something there, but it was just shadows. So these Gentiles showing up to the Jewish synagogue, their souls trashed, after living in an environment where there was no Bible, no knowledge of God, and, and so anything goes until, and, and so basically their soul's trashed because by the time they got to the point where they realized that their lifestyle was killing them, they were gone. Life was over. It was, you couldn't salvage their life anymore. And so it was that, at that point 
just a couple years before this letter, the Galatians that we're in this morning, who comes into town? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul comes into town and he goes into the Jewish synagogue and the, the, the leaders of the synagogue actually ask him to speak. It was a, like a tradition. They knew he was Jewish. They knew he was from Jerusalem. So why don't you speak? So what he does is he, he, he gets up there and he, um, he gets up in front of them and he talks about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That, there, that Jesus Christ had, uh, there was, uh, was the Son of God, and, and, and he had come, and, and he, he had died on a cross. There was an iron stake driven through his right hand, an iron stake uh, driven through his uh, uh, left hand and through his feet. And he died by his death, by the blood on the cross. He pays the penalty and punishment for every sin that you ever did. And this is the exact quote from Acts 13. This is what he told them. He said, by Jesus' death on the cross, this is him speaking to these Galatians. These Galatians who, they're just looking for one little drop of grace. Again, like this, this man in, in, in Lazarus, or the rich man, just he's in hell going, can I have one drop of water? Just one. These were, that's what these people were like, but they had held back, but now all of a sudden, they're listening to this. By Jesus' death on the cross, everyone who believes is saved from all the things which you could not be saved by the law of Moses. Meaning, those 613 laws, you're never going to be saved by that. All you have to do is believe. That's all you can do. Because you know as well as I know, your life is gone. You can't be good enough. You can't be a law. You can't follow the law good enough to make up for everything you've done. You've trashed your soul. Some of you in here have trashed your soul in pornography sites. You've done it. Some of you have done it live, in person. The good news is, the blood of Jesus Christ wipes away all your sin. The only requirement is that you believe. Nothing else. Now, what happened, so they're listening to this. Can you imagine what they're thinking? The shadows are gone. All they had ever heard before was the first 80% of the Bible, 613 laws. All of a sudden, one moment to the other, the shadows disperse, they dissipate. Light has been poured in. The light is good news beyond their wildest imaginations. God loves me so much that he gave his only son. He sent his son to me. And then he got up on a cross and was mutilated, uh, tortured, uh, um, crucified for me. He loved me so much. And, 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 and then at that point, they're thinking, and all I have to do is believe. The Bible says they did believe. At that point, they received the Holy Spirit. It's like, what is this? Their, uh, joy began to happen. And then, um, uh, and then it says, um, what happens next? Uh, John, can we have Acts 13, 42? It says that the whole city, it says they began to beg him to come back and share with it, this with them again. So it says, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles, remember the Gentiles are the people who had no Bible and had ruined their soul and had been, been just showed up and looking in the back. The Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath, and on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. So it wasn't just a, a, like an eyedropper of grace. It was a torrent of grace. The people had never heard this. They had been prepared for it in a sense because each week they, they, from, from a distance they'd been listening to the law. But then Jesus Christ and the grace that is offered to him poured in. 
And so a church began. A church began. What happens next? Well, Paul is actually chased out of the city. He's chased out of the city because the Jews didn't like this message. They didn't like, we'll get to this later, is they called Gentiles dogs. They didn't like dogs being in the same room with them, worshiping God, with, and, with, and they don't have any higher standing than them. They, they're, they're not put in front of them. They're no longer Gentiles. They're, done. they're all equal level. And Paul had told them, among other things, that all are one, Jewish and Gentile, man or woman, they're all on an equal footing now. Well, the Jews didn't like that. Neither did the men. Chased Paul out of the city. But a church had gotten started. And in that church, it was filled with joy. People started sharing the news with their families and friends. It began to spread beyond throughout the whole region. But at some point, and it is unclear when, six months, a year, I don't know, certain religious people, certain Jews came in and says, oh yeah, you can believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't know what this Paul was telling you. You have to, you have to follow the rest of the 613 laws. That slaughtered body on the cross, it wasn't enough. That wasn't enough payment. You know what you did. You know what you've done. And so the law was added back. They basically chose to be deceived. They got diverted. They went back into the shadows. What happens in the shadows? In the shadows, it's the law, the law, the law. Do, 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 do. And maybe God will accept you. Maybe God will talk with you. Maybe he'll answer your prayer. Maybe you can go to church. Maybe you will be blessed. Maybe you'll go to heaven. Do, 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 do. They were, that's what, that's what, when you're in the shadows, and it's just laws and human religion and regulations, that's what it's like. And so what happened to their joy? Gone. Why? Because you can't sin like they sinned Think Leviticus 13 and think you'll ever be good enough to make up for your sin. Not a chance. If it means following the law good enough. So Paul writes this letter, Galatians, and for the first four chapters, he is just pleading with them. Pleading with them. He, he actually says at the beginning of chapter 2, who bewitched you? What kind of demon got into you to change your mind? You were so filled with joy. You know what it feels like to be filled with the Holy Spirit and worshiping God. How could what you started in the Spirit, why are you now continuing in the flesh in your own strength? He's pleading with them for four chapters. And in this chapter, chapter 4, there's... A lot of talk about two different things, freedom and slavery. Freedom and slavery. Freedom, you've gone back into slavery. You need to return to freedom. You go, you've gone back into slavery. You need to return to freedom. Slavery, freedom, slavery. 13, 14 times the word slave in the Greek is used, or slavery. 14, about 14, about the same amount of time, freedom or son or daughter, which is synonymous. If you're a son or daughter of God, you're free, you're a freed man. And so those two things go back and forth throughout this chapter. And then we come to verse 21. Now, verses 21 to 31, and I've said this before, not really easy to understand. And so that's my job to make it easier for you. But let's, let's um, in light of what you just heard, keep that in mind. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to read a couple verses in our New King James Version translation. And then I'm going to put it again, put it up on the projection screen, two verses at a time, in the New, America, New International Version, because in this case, I believe the New, Inter 
New International Version gets it right in terms, it uses the word slavery rather than bondage. So let's go though. It says, verse 21 again says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? And so what he begins to do now, he does something real clever. He's going to take them back to the law. And by the way, that word law is, to the Jews means the first five books of the Bible, including Genesis. So he takes them back to the law, and he proves to them that even the law tells them that they're no longer under the law. So you're saying, what? What are you talking about? Well, let's, let's move on. Verse 22 says, It is written that Abraham... Remember, Abraham, the first Jew, his grandson was Jacob. Some people say Jacob was the first Jew. Abraham's the father of the faith. He's the first Jew. Had two sons, the one by a bondage, a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. So let's, let's look at the NIV for that right now. So this is it. It says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a slave woman, that's the literal translation, and the other by a free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of the divine promise. And so, verse 24, let's pick up in verse 24. It says, which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. So the NIV um, puts it like this. The NIV puts it like this. Okay, so I'll read it to you. The NIV says, the women re represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. So notice slavery, 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 slavery. Under the law, under the law, under the law, under the law. So let's go, uh, move on to verse 26. It says, but actually, let's um, skip down to verse 28. It says, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now let's look at that in the NIV now. The NIV says, but, under, but what does the Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. So last verse is chapter 5, verse 1, which says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So the NIV puts it like this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christianity is all about freedom. It's all about freedom. Let's continue. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Okay, now, let me, let me explain. Let me explain what's happening here. It's talking about Abraham and it's talking about a son that Abraham had with this woman, Hagar, 
who was his wife Sarah's maid, and it also talks about a son Abraham had with Sarah, who was his wife. So here we have, do we have this chart? So it's a simple chart here. Abraham, Sarah was his wife. Hagar, on the right there, was his maid. Abraham, um, Abraham and Hagar, they had Ishmael. Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. But there's a big, long, ugly story that goes with it. Abraham married Sarah. Now remember who Abraham is. At the time, to understand who um, Abraham is, it's important to understand who Noah is. At the time of Noah, Noah, Bible lost, no Bible, all mankind had gotten to the point where, where it was so evil, God destroyed the whole world, except for Noah and the people on the ark. Noah leaves the ark. But between four or five hundred years later, the world is back in the exact same place that it had been at the time that God destroyed the world. Except this time, rather than destroy the world, God initiates a plan of salvation. And he does it with Abraham. And he tells Abraham this. He gives him a promise. And this promise is for you and me today. It's, he tells Abraham, in you, through your descendants, all the families of the earth shall be saved. That's talking about Jesus Christ, meaning one of his descendants was going to be Jesus Christ. And this is what Abraham is, is hearing. This is like 1,500 years before Jesus came. So back to Abraham, he's promised that through his descendant, the whole world or uh, salvation would come to every nation uh, in the world. But the problem is he was 75 years old when he got that promise. His wife was 65 years old. 10 years go by and he has no child. So what does he do? He says, you know, he, God told me f through one of my descendants, he's going to bring salvation to, every, to, to, to people from every nation on earth. I, I really got to help him out. I got to help him out. And, and Sarah was saying the same thing. I need to help my husband out. I'm not having any kids. So she brings her maid to Abraham and says, hey, look, have your son through her. And, I, and, and Abraham, like, yeah, it's been 10 years. I, I guess I better do that. He has a son with Hagar. His name is Ishmael. So here in Galatians, we are told that Ishmael is a son of the flesh or a son of the law. It's, it's, it's when we, just when we try to do things in our own strength. It's, it's where Paul is, is going here. When, when Abraham tries to help God out, I don't think salvation is going to come directly from you by grace. I'm going to help you out by doing my own works, my own way, in my own strength. Okay. So Ishmael starts growing up, he gets to be 14 years old. And when he's 14 years old, God comes back to Abraham and he says, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to bless the world um, through one of your descendants. And Abraham's like, yeah, yeah, Ishmael. He goes, no, Sarah. Abraham laughs. This time she's 90 years old. And, and, and again, Abraham says, she's 90 years old. Come on, Ishmael's here. He's 14. He's not a bad kid. Lord says, no, I promised you a descendant from you and Sarah, from your uh, Genesis chapter 2. Uh, a husband leaves his father and mother. He's joined to his wife. She's your wife. I, I promise you a descendant through you and your wife. A year later, Sarah has a son. His name is Isaac. And it was through that son, Isaac, that Jesus Christ came Jesus was a descendant of Isaac, and through Jesus Christ, salvation comes to every people of every nation on the earth. Here is Paul's point in Galatians chapter 4, speaking about Abraham and Sarah and Isaac on the one hand, and Abraham and Hagar and Ishmael on the other. Calvary Chapel, just as Abraham's son Isaac 
by God's grace and God's grace alone, and not by Abraham and his works with um, Hagar, you're saved. By God's grace and God's grace alone. Are you going to try to behave like Hagar, like Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar did when we're like, we got to help God out. He's promised us through his own supernatural grace a son. We got to help him out. I cannot believe that I could ever have this answer from God just based upon grace. I have to work to help God out. Are you going to be Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, or are you going to be Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac? That's what he's saying here. In Galatians chapter 4, everyone um, has a choice. You have a choice. Are you going to live day-to-day free, or are you going to live day-to-day in slavery? Are you going to live as an Isaac or are you going to live as an Ishmael? Now, here's what's really interesting. It says in verse 29, read verse 29 with me. It says, but as he who was born according to the flesh, who was born according to the flesh? Someone shout it out. I want to make sure you're paying attention. Who, who was it? Ishmael. As he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Who was born according to the spirit? So, as he who was born according to the flesh, Ishmael, then persecuted him according to the uh, spirit, even so it is today. Now, what's that talking about? Well, the Bible says that, um, the Bible says in Genesis 16, 4, it says, Hagar despised her mistress Sarah. She, She hated her. The maid hated Abraham's, Wife. We put that back up again? Thanks, John. It's really plain. Hagar despised her mistress Sarah. But it also says that Ishmael despised, he mocked Isaac. That's Genesis 21.9. Paul's point here is the same thing happens today. The, the very th- same thing happens today that your flesh, first of all, two things. One, you can be persecuted from people who just live by the law, and they, they try to persecute your freedom in Christ. Just a couple months ago, there was someone at the door trying to convince me I had to go, we, there was a requirement, a law, that we have to um, worship God on a Saturday. We had to. And a couple weeks later, she's writing me a note. I'd been nothing but completely kind to her. She's writing me a note saying, I'm wiping the dirt off my feet and I'm never talking to you again. I mean, this, there, I was being, per- that's what the law does. People, they want to put you under the law by being free. Even though the Bible says we, book of Colossians, we choose our Sabbath. Our Sabbath is on Sunday. It's the first day of the week. It's the, it's the, it's the day that Christ rose from the dead. But here's, here's where I want to go with this, and this is where I want to conclude. Your flesh, your mind, which is filled with anxiety, fear, and worry, and torment, is going to persecute you. It's going to persecute you saying, no, you got to do more of the law. you got to be better. You gotta, you, that thing you did last week, that thing you did this morning, that, 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 that Leviticus chapter 13 stuff that you did on the internet, no way, you got to obey the law. You, you're not good enough. You think you can just go to church. You think you can just go to prayer. You, you think you can just um, worship God with that stuff? Not a chance. You think you can be a Sunday school teacher. You think you can be a pastor, a worship person. With that stuff in your past, no way. It persecutes. Ishmael persecuted Isaac. Hagar persecuted Sarah. That is his point here. There's a crazy verse in Galatians 5. It's next chapter. We're going to cheat and go ahead. We're going to spend some time on this verse in the next couple of weeks. Look at this verse. The flesh lusts against the spirit. This is like all day, every day. Your flesh, that means the old woman, the old man, the one that that really was all of you before you gave your life to Jesus Christ and 
were filled with the Holy Spirit, before you were filled with the Holy Spirit, all you had with your flesh, and your flesh, it says, lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. I, I personally, with this translation, I like the, a different translation. The, the, the flesh rages against the Spirit. The flesh battles against the Spirit. The, the, the flesh fights the Spirit. It fights the spirit, and, 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 and in what way is it fighting? Same thing, as I'm telling you. It's, it's, there's this constant thing. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You are good for nothing. You're a Leviticus 13, 2 Chronicles 33, destroyed, ruined soul. You're going to hell. But it also says, again, the, the spirit fights against the flesh. And, and that's why Dan was like, we're gonna pray for the Holy Spirit again. We just do it all day for us to remind us of the truth of God, of that Son of God covered in blood on the cross who paid for our sin. And as, it, as Paul told the Galatians that those ruined soul people and everything you could not do in the law of Moses, he did for you, and you're saved because of his life, his death, and resurrection. And that's a free life. That's freedom. But are you going to believe your flesh, that mind, that guilt, that shame? Yeah, I know. I got a lot of shame piled up uh, for, for all kinds of stuff that I have done in my life. And I have a choice. Am I going to live as a free man? Am I going to do as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and just go up to the heavens and leave all that shame and guilt behind? Or, or am I going to be a slave? And that's what this book is about. And I love the last verse we read in chapter 5, verse 1. We'll, 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 we'll finish there. Actually, the worship team can come up at this point. Stand fast, meaning it's not easy. Until you, Jesus comes and, or you go to heaven, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be a battle in your soul. The flesh lusts against the spirit. The spirit lusts against the flesh. And the two are contrary to one another. But it, what he's saying in verse one there is, stand fast there in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. I tell you, I just love the grace And again, I just go back to, I always think of the woman of the well. She goes up to, in John chapter 4, she goes to Jesus and starts talking about, uh, uh, let me, I'm going to go get my husband. And he says, well, you know, you, you, you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the man you live with is, um, you're living with. What does the person do at that point <laughs> to try to have a relationship with God? What do they do? What does the person do when they've lived Levit Leviticus chapter 13 in a porn site? What do they do? The answer is, there's nothing they can do but believe that Jesus Christ died for them. And he died for you. Why don't you stand now? If you've been asked to pray, please come up. Let me first say this. The Bible says that when you first believe in Jesus Christ, what he did, his life and death and his resurrection for you, says the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And at that point, the Bible says you actually have the capacity to put down your flesh and say, no, 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 go back to your slave cell and live a life of freedom. But if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, if, if you've never believed like the Galatians did on that day when Paul came in and they were living in the shadows up to that point, but the light poured in, they said, yeah, we believe, and they were filled with joy. Have you ever believed in the sense, have you ever said, yeah, I have no possibility of ever being made right with you, God, except your son? Have you ever acknowledged that before the Lord? If you've ever said that to God, if you've never said that to God, please come up and say it to God 
with me. The Bible says at that moment, the Holy Spirit will come into your life. Jesus Christ will come into your life and live there forever. You will be as good and perfect and pure as you ever will be for all eternity if you simply just believe in the good news. That's why that whole city was so glad. That's why they begged Paul, come back and teach the same thing next week and the entire city came back. Because it's like, it's almost too good to be true, but it is true. Stories told from Genesis to Revelation. If you've never believed, it's time to believe. Or if you are just flesh is raging against the the spirit and the flesh is winning <laughs> the flesh is fighting the flesh is fighting and you feel like the uh, flesh is prevailing over the spirit bible says when that happens just confess your need to a brother or sister ask for prayer and the lord will give you victory and so if that's you come on up and we'll pray for you as we close out this, this service, Father, we thank you for the grace. We thank you for freedom. Lord Jesus, you say in word, you said, He who I set free is free, uh, is free indeed. He who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. We thank you for that. And Lord, we want to be a, a church that blesses your heart. Lord, we know we can't be that if even in our own mind we're living in a slave cell. Just pray right now, Lord, that you would just move anyone to action in the sense that get up and pray and confess their need and Lord just for the rest of us that we would worship as free women as free men as we close out this service in Jesus name